0: I'm talking about the Church of Christ. The Church of Christ. This is part of the Strong Foundation series. We've been dealing with quite a number of subjects on your Strong Foundation as a Christian. And today, we're dealing with the Church of Christ. Now, I've been praying and asking the Holy Spirit to give me a message for this church this morning, the whole week. And the Holy Spirit laid this subject on my heart. Now, what really inspired this is that during the lockdown, during the COVID season, I noticed something and I became very excited when the Holy Spirit began to give me understanding concerning this subject. Amen. Yay. Now, during the lockdown, you notice that many people spoke against the church. It's either many people spoke against the church or many people made very great demands from the church. And many people began to also wonder what's the essence of the church? What's the relevance of the church? We are not going to church, but we are fine. And then for some people, they thought the lockdown was going to be forever. Others were praying that the lockdown should be forever. Amen? Amen. Yes. So it reveals something that many people did not understand the essence of the church. Though many people belong to one denomination or the other, it was so clear that many people did not understand the value, the essence of the church. Now, there's something called the law of purpose. The law of purpose states that whatever you don't understand, you will inevitably abuse or misuse the law of purpose. Whatever you don't understand, you will inevitably abuse or misuse. Praise the Lord. So I just came to the conclusion that many people reacted that way towards the church because many people didn't understand the essence of the church. See the church of Christ. The church of Christ. See the church of Christ. the church of Christ. Now, the church is a mystery, it's a mystery, and that's why, until you look at it from a spiritual standpoint, you will not understand its essence. It's not just a body of people, it's a spiritual entity. Hallelujah. So you can only have understanding about the church when you see it from the biblical perspective or from God's perspective. You know, a lot of Christians engage in assumptions, mostly assumptions. So people approach the faith with assumptions, things that are speculations. Like I was teaching the last time at our leaders' camp night and I was telling them that, Many people think that Satan or the serpent in the Bible, in the book of Genesis, deceived Eve with an apple. How many of you have heard that? Yeah. That Eve gave, uh, the serpent gave Eve an apple. And he ate the apple and gave the apple to (laughs) Adam. You know, but the Bible never said that. There are cartoons that have expressed that. You see? So many people have this preconceived mind about the word of God. There are so many other things. For example, um, people say the Bible is basic instruction before leaving earth. Have you heard that? Basic instruction before leaving earth. So there are so many of these ideas that have imported into the faith. So you ask yourself, the things you know or the things you've held on to, where did you get them from? you need to begin to evaluate your knowledge because whatever you don't properly understand you will inevitably abuse so by the time you think that the bible is basic instruction before leaving earth you'll notice that your approach to the bible is that the bible is a rule book or a book of instructions and many people don't like instructions hello So you realize that because of that, your approach to the Bible is even wrong. Because you think it's a rule book. As I'm going to open Genesis, God is going to give me some instruction. So why do I open the Bible? So these assumptions have kept many people from the truth. And many people disinterested in the truth. The word Bible is the Greek word Biblia, which means a compilation of books. Now, the correct understanding of the Bible is God's love note to humanity. God's love note to humanity. So, if you read it with that understanding, you realize that whatever you are taking from the Bible, all right, you are receiving it as someone who wrote something to you out of love. The central theme of the, of the whole scripture is love. The central theme of the whole Bible is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is love. When you are reading the Bible, what God wants you to see is Jesus Christ. So from Genesis to Revelation, it's about Jesus Christ. His name may not be mentioned, but he's there. The moment you read the Bible and you are not seeing Jesus Christ... You are not reading the Bible well. Hallelujah. Because the central theme of the Bible is Jesus Christ. It's a build up to the coming Messiah. It's a build up. So the prophet Isaiah talked about him. Prophesied about him. But in the book of Genesis, Jesus was there. When you read Genesis chapter 3, the Bible says that when man fell, God came. God came to man but then the bible says that god actually covered man with the skin you see with the skin of an animal that was a picture of the sacrifice of jesus christ right in the garden right in the garden when you move on you go to the book of exodus you see jesus christ the bible says that jesus christ is the rock In the wilderness, the Bible says there was a mobile rock following the Israelites. And the Bible says that when Moses spoke to the rock, water began to, you know, come out. And Jesus represents life. He was the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. He was the manna that came to them. Jesus said in the New Testament, I am the bread of life. And the Bible says the manna that came from heaven, when they ate it, they became empowered. Are you here with me at all? The more they ate it, the more they became renewed. They were not dying because of the bread they were eating. So Jesus Christ has been in the Bible throughout the scripture. So when you approach the word of God that way, you will see God's love message to humanity. And that's why the Bible says the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. You need the Holy Spirit to guide you to be able to grasp the word of God. Otherwise, you read it as a legal book of do's and don'ts. Amen. And when you read it like that, you will not see the power of God in that book. So, I noticed that many people didn't understand the essence of the church. And that's why many people talk about the church with a lack of understanding. Proverbs chapter 25 verse 2. The Bible says it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To set out a matter is the glory of kings. So primarily the nature of God is to hide things. The nature of God is to do what? To hide things. You look at treasures like gold. Gold is not on the street. You can't find it. But when God was giving gold to humanity, he put it under the earth. You look at great treasures, things like oil. Oil is a blessing to humanity. But when God was giving it to humanity, he put it under. Diamonds, under. So the Bible saying it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. God is in the business of hiding things. Praise the Lord Jesus. And the Bible says that to search out a matter is the glory of kings. So, for you to really understand God, you need to operate like a king or a priest. You need revelation, insight, and wisdom to be able to understand God and deal with God. Praise the Lord Jesus. That means that God cannot be dealt with on the surface value. That's why Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. Helps us to connect with God. Because God is very deep. God is very vast. Hallelujah. So, if the glory of God is to conceal a matter, then this church, the church of Jesus Christ, is a mystery. It's one of the mysteries in the earth. And for you to really grasp it, you need understanding. Say understanding. Understanding. You cannot look at the church from a fiscal point of view and think you understand the church. Because the church did not come from human beings. The church came from God. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. So what is the revelation behind the church? The word church was never mentioned in the Old Testament. The word church. It was never mentioned in the Old Testament. But the word, the church existed in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. But it was never called church. Because what God does all the time is, God always conceives a plan. And then in the course of time, reveals that plan. Jesus already existed. But the revelation of Jesus was over a period of time when he came into the earth. That's when we got to know him. But it does not mean that his existence was when he came into the earth. He already existed with God. So the church existed. When you read the book of Exodus, the Bible says that God delivered the Israelites from Egypt into the promised land. He was taking them to the promised land with the sole aim of worshipping him. When Moses went there, he said, let my people go so they may save me or worship me. Now, that movement that happened to the Israelites out of Egypt is what we call spiritually the church. Praise the Lord Jesus. That's what we call the church. Let me show you something. Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7, verse 37 to 38. Now, in Acts chapter 6, Stephen, one of the disciples of the church, Bible says, being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's why I told you that the church is a mystery. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, operating like king. It is... The glory of kings to set out a matter. Without the anointing or the Holy Spirit, you cannot really understand the things of God. The things of God is not science. It's not biology. You need the anointing. Without it, you only attack it. Because what you don't understand, the first reaction is an attack. Amen. Amen. Now, Stephen was filled with the Holy Spirit. He began to preach. The Bible said that great wonders were happening around his ministry. Then he got arrested by the Sanhedrin because it was prohibited for the disciples to preach the gospel. They brought him before the Sanhedrin. In Acts chapter 7, Stephen began to reveal the mystery of the church. And then he said, this is that Moses. He was talking about... um, the history of israel and the people that god worked with and then he got here and then he began to talk about moses he said this is that moses which said unto the children of israel a prophet shall the lord your god raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me him shall ye hear now continue to verses 38 he said This is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel which spake to him in the mount sinner and with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto us. So under the anointing of the Holy Spirit Stephen actually called the Exodus of the israelite from egypt as the church in the wilderness because in the spirit god saw it as his church but in the physical the people saw it as a gathering of israelites being delivered from egypt and going towards a promised land are you here with me at all yes. so the understanding from the spirit was different from the understanding from the face the people did not know that that is church but Stephen, under the inspiration of the holy spirit said that was the church and it gives us a deeper understanding of what the church is the first time the word church was used was in the new testament by jesus christ and he said i will build my church and the gates of Hell shall not prevail against it. That word church that Jesus used in the New Testament, in the Greek, is the word ecclesia. Look at It's the word what? Ecclesia. That's what Jesus said. The meaning of ecclesia means called called out people. Called out people. Called out people. So Jesus said, I'm going to build my called-out people. Stephen said, the people that were delivered from Egypt to worship the Lord was the church in the wilderness. So the word church means the called-out people. It means a people who have been called out from the world system. The Egypt represents the world system. A people who have been sanctified. And a people who have been released to serve the Lord. So church, Ecclesia, is not a building. Church is not a building. Church is a people. Hallelujah. Church is not a person. Church is a people. The word church... It's a people who have been called out. Let's look at what Jesus said. A people who have been called out. Now, in Matthew 16, 16 to 18, this is the church of Jesus Christ. Jesus asked his disciples, Who do men say that I am? Then Peter responded in verses 16. Bible said, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah. You are the Messiah. The Son of the Living God. Now, the word Messiah, you need to understand the word Messiah in relation to church. The word Messiah means Savior. It also means Deliverer. So, when he said Messiah, Messiah is not just a prophet but one chosen to deliver a people not like one chosen to bring a message to a people jesus was not just a prophet his main assignment was he was a deliverer he's not just bringing a message to you he is going to save you the word messiah is savior so the reason why jesus was excited about the response of peter is that peter called him the messiah the savior the deliverer he says you are the messiah the son of the living god let's go on verse 17 jesus replied blessed are you simon son of jonah he said this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood you see you can't have a revelation of the church in flesh and blood hallelujah you cannot understand jesus was saying that you cannot understand the church if you are operating in flesh and blood you need a revelation from the spirit for you to be able to appreciate the church that's why many people eh, when they talk about the church they air because they are talking from the standpoint of flesh and blood praise the lord jesus so he said this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood but by my father in heaven 18. he says and i tell you that you are peter and on this rock i will build my church and the gate of hate will not overcome it look at something here keep this scripture Jesus said Because of the fact that You have seen me as the Messiah You are Peter The Greek word is Petros You are Petros Petros means small stone You are a small stone he says you are Petrus and on this rock rock on this rock this rock in Greek is Petra so there is Petrus and there's Petra Petros is Peter a small rock Petra is the rock he said on this rock, I will build my church. I'm trying to explain the church to you. The church is not the building that you have been going to all these years. This is the church. He said, on this rock. Now, there are some people that have said that Jesus meant that he was going to build a church on Peter. Alright? Because Peter had the revelation of Jesus Christ. But the word rock is Petra. The word Petrus is small stone. So he was not saying, I'll build my church on Petrus. He was saying, I'll build my church on Petra. What rock is he talking about? He's talking about the revelation of Christ. Because Christ is the rock. The foundation of the church. Hallelujah. So... The revelation, the rock, is the revelation that Jesus is the Messiah. I will build my church on that vision that Jesus is the Messiah. I will build the church. Remember, the church was in the Old Testament. It was not built. It was a shadow. But Jesus was saying the church will become physical. It will become manifest wherever there's this revelation of the Petra the Petra is a revelation of Jesus being the savior what it means is that anytime anybody acknowledges Jesus as the savior that is the church so the church starts from The revelation of Jesus Christ as the Savior. What it means is, the day you confess Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, you became part of the church. Because before you can confess Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, you have to see him as the Savior. Peter saw him as the Savior. And Jesus said, I'll build my church. So the church is the people who see him as their savior hallelujah not everyone sees him as a savior so the church is not the building it is every kind of people who have the petra the revelation that jesus is my savior the people who are called out to worship the lord that's the church and you are the church say I am the church I am the church now let me just wrap up having said this you would understand that we are the church how did we become the church we became the church because we believe that Jesus is our messiah and that belief is where the church is being built anytime anybody in the world believes the church has been built so we are members of the church members of the church all of us have been called out from the world by virtue of our faith our belief in the fact that jesus is the messiah there are people who believe that jesus is a prophet like muslims believe that jesus is a prophet they are not part of the church because the church is not built on the revelation that jesus is a prophet there are people that believe that jesus is a miracle worker thus they are not part of the church it is only on the revelation that jesus is the messiah there are historians who have learned about jesus When I went to Israel There are people who have studied about Jesus But they don't believe That he's the Messiah So God doesn't consider them As part of his church It is only those Who say You are the Messiah The son of the living God You are my savior The day you accept that Jesus is savior That day you have become part of his church Part of his church not a denomination but his church so the church is presented to us in two dimensions we have the universal church and we have the local church say universal, universal. and local now universal church means that everybody in the world that believe in Jesus Christ is part of his church so the church universal It's all of us here, all the people in China, all the people in North Korea, all the people in South Korea, all the people that believe in Jesus Christ, they are called his church. Called out people. Because we all believe that Jesus is the Messiah. However, when we believe and we become his church, God admonishes us to assemble. The word church also means assembly or congregation. God expects us to come together. Hallelujah. In a locality to worship him. And that's what we call the local church. Now, the local church is the evidence of the universal church. This is what I mean. If you are a footballer, you're a footballer because of your skill, your ability to play football, right? But the authenticity of you being a footballer is in you being part of a team. So you can boast that I'm a good footballer, but you see, we judge you by the teams you have played. Not by the skill you seem to possess. So there are people that say, well, I'm part of the church. I don't need to be part of an assembly. I serve God in my heart. It's okay. You have the Holy Spirit. You can talk to God. You can pray on your own. Do you get it? But you are behaving like a medical doctor who says, I'm very good, but then I don't believe in hospitals. No one will really take you serious. Hallelujah. A medical doctor that operates in a hospital is one that actually believes that he's a medical doctor. Because there's a setting, the practice of every kind of thing. Amen. Amen. You can say I'm intelligent, but I don't believe in going to school. I don't believe in going for lectures, but I'm very intelligent. You are exposing something. That's not intelligence. The proof that you are intelligent is your ability to go for lectures. So one mark of a student is what? His ability to go for lectures. In fact, we say that the student is a bad student if he keeps skipping lectures. Right? No matter how intelligent he is, he's expected to attend the lecture. So the local church is what validates the fact that we belong to the universal church. Hallelujah. And God gave us an instruction that as a universal church, we need to identify with a local church as proof that we are really saved. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. It is essential for us to identify with local churches. Throughout the scripture, the Christians were identified with local churches: the church in Ephesus, the church in Corinth. Praise the Lord Jesus. The International Student Church in Ashesi, yes. The local church in First Corinthians, the Bible says, to Aquila and Priscilla, the church in your house. So God identifies the church as a local gathering of people who believe in the Messiah and people who meet regularly to worship the Lord that's the church amen. amen our coming together makes us an authentic church our isolation means that we don't have a proper revelation of the church now let's read this together one go not giving up, meeting together as some are in the habit of doing so God saw that there are people who say well I believe in Jesus Christ but I don't believe in this church business have you seen people like that? yeah I'm a medical doctor but don't go to the hospital come home I'll treat you that's a dangerous medical doctor Amen. How can you love Jesus Christ and not love his body? Do you know that the church is his body? He calls the church his body. So anytime we come together, it is validated. It's the proof that we we actually believe Jesus Christ. We love him. He says some are in the habit. Habit means consistently. They don't like going to church, gather. They don't like it. Yet, they like saying that, I'm, I'm born again, I'm a believer. Hallelujah. I'm a footballer, but hey, I don't like football teams. <laughs> but I'll win the championship, I'll, I'll win alone. I'll not join Chelsea, I'll not join us now. but I'll lift up a cup one day. God sees us as a collective local church. That's how he authenticates us. He says not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching so god is saying let's encourage each other so that we come together as a local church let's encourage that's why this morning most of you were encouraged oh charlie let's go it takes encouragement hallelujah because on your own without encouragement you you will not come for us to meet I was telling the church on Friday that me when I became born again it took me six months before I went to fellowship with the brethren six months six months of you know I got born again through lady reverend I was not born again I used to be a hardcore rapper I used to be all kinds of things Amen. I've been through a lot. (laughs) Amen. Amen. I've been through. You don't have an idea. Amen. Amen. But thank be to God that I'm saved. Hallelujah. But I met her. She was in SHS. She was in high school. I'd completed high school. But my fame as a bad boy at the time had gone so vast... That in her school, she went to a girl's school, I went to a boys' school. In her school, I was one of the most famous people in that girl's school. And it was like a very far place from where I was. So when we came on vacation, I was going for vacation class and she saw me. She said, I know you. I said, Well, a lot of people know me. And then, she began to preach the gospel to me. I was at the point of mastering my my songs. You know, I was recording an album, and I was mastering them. Praise the Lord Jesus. Every Saturday night, she would call me. Have you dressed up? Have you ironed your clothes? Have you ironed your clothes? Yes, I've ironed my clothes. Are you going to church Are you going to fellowship with the brethren? Yes, I'm going to fellowship with the brethren. Sunday morning, I cannot. I don't know. I cannot. Has it happened to you before? Yeah, I cannot. We went through that for six months. Every Saturday, I'll say, I'm sorry. As for next week, I'll go. (laughs) The Bible says, look at it. But encouraging one another. encouraging one another this week try and encourage one person to come here amen Amen. because you don't know what they are going to become nobody knew what I was going to become I was into all kind of vices every kind of vice that you know but then the day I stepped into that fellowship of the brethren there was an anointing what you are missing when you isolate yourself god did not make us to isolate ourselves our strength is in our coming together the local church that hold was broken over my life and today god is using me i'm an apostle planted more than 35 churches in five years But the places that I used to go to the most was the club. Yeah, I I, I literally lived there. When I was in high school, I used to jump the wall and go to the club. High school. First year high school. Yeah, first year. I was gone, sold out to the devil. It was the body of believers. When I kept fellowshipping, the gift in me was coming out. Things were breaking off me. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's when I understood the power of the church. They called out assembly. He says some are in the habit of not coming together. Encourage them. Because the day you don't come to church, you miss a lot. Hallelujah. Amen. Stephen said that, The church in the wilderness, there was an angel with them. There was an angel with them. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered, I am there in their midst. You know, the revelation of Jesus Christ being in our hearts is if you confess Romans chapter 10, verses 10, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, Jesus comes to live in you. But the promise of Jesus being with you The manifest glory of Jesus is when we come together as a local church. So when you stay away, he's in you. But when we come together, he's with us. Emmanuel, God is with us. Hallelujah. Jesus has visited us. And every problem that has prevailed over your life, you are not going back with it. Whenever Jesus appears in a place, the dead is raised, water is turned into wine, leprosy is healed, the external manifestation of Jesus, births supernatural manifestations. I prophesy to you today, any bondage you find yourself in, any struggle, any pain, any hurt, Any disappointment, may the revelation of Jesus Christ take it away from your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. May Jesus turn your life around today. May you go back with the anointing of the Holy Spirit.